Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. Uh, I am your host, Joey Crundwell, here today with... Second best host, Tab London. <laughs> and also... Me, it's Paul again. <laughs> I honestly, we don't have like a, a uniform, like, uh, like this week I'll introduce everyone and this week everyone will introduce themselves. So I just, just kind of run with it. But uh, how are, how are you guys doing today? I've, I'm doing well. I'm a little, I'm a little tired, a long day on campus, but I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited for this. So. Oh, good. Yeah, much much the same. A lot of meetings today, but I've saved the best for last. I'm very excited. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, speaking of excited, Paul Tab, are you ready to hear the the podcast's very first <laughs> listener email? Yeah, I'm so ready. Are you ready? All right. Hello, Pretty Pixels podcasters. I'm a big fan of the show, and I think all of you are fabulous. I absolutely loved the Uwe Bowl episode you did a few months ago, and I think it would be an—I would think it would be awesome if you did an episode on another ideally bad batch of video game movies. Also, on an unrelated note, I love Thronebreaker, and listening to an episode about that game would fill my heart with song. Best schmal <laughs> schmal schmosk schmoskrag schmal schmoskoff. <laughs> Which sounds familiar. I don't know yeah, if I know this person. Yeah, there's something very familiar about it. I can't put my finger schmal on it, though. Schmoskopf. Hmm. <laughs> Who can say? I, I think this the Schmal guy's got a, got the right idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> when so Joey excited. read that, I about died. I was like, you have to say this on the podcast. You have to share it. <laughs> okay, so maybe this is pathetic, but I've had this joke in my back pocket where I was going to come on a show when we had like, you know, a, a gang like this and say, hey, you guys ready for our first listener, you know, email and everyone would get excited and be like, oh, wow, we got a listener email. And then I'd be like, well, me too. So write in to podcast. <laughs> and then I get this email and I'm like, oh, so technically we have one mm-hmm. and it just so happens to be the person who's going to be on the podcast this week so hey. <laughs> I, I was i was a fan before i was a guest i, <laughs> I want the record to show <laughs> um i do like that idea though of watching old bad old video game movies um yes. we tab and i watched some we watched mm-hmm. far cry which would be, we didn't get to do, I realized recently, we didn't get to do the Far Cry retrospective that you wanted to do, <gasps> we'll have to do when the soon. new game was coming out. Yeah, so maybe Let's we could do, do like yeah, a Far yeah. Cry retrospective. Maybe we'll, re- we'll rewatch the movie Ooh. and throw that in there. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It is. Also, there's like a lot of old bad fighting game movies. There's the Street Fighter movie. There's a Dead or Alive movie. The original Mortal Kombat, people like that one. So maybe, I mean, we could throw it in there, but... But yeah, I think that would be a great idea. I haven't played Thronebreaker, so I don't know if I can speak to that one very much. But. I think this was, I can't speak for Schmal, but I think um, <laughs> his plan was to get both of you to play it, and then... <laughs> oh, I see. This tricksy, tricksy what little guy. Uh, that, that rascal. <laughs> that lovable, though. A lovable rascal, lovable. I, I'd say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know him, but I can. I get a feeling from this email. Um what a swell guy I bet he is. Well, I'm I'm grateful for Schmall uh, writing in. So thank you, Schmall, wherever you are, whoever you are. Um, we are going to, speaking of Thronebreaker, though, we are going to have a Witcher 3 episode 
we're trying to figure out when the best time for that would be. Our friend Amy is a huge Witcher fan as well, so we want to get her on. She mentioned that uh, CD Projekt Red has promised a an update for the new consoles mm-hmm. that should come out this year still. So maybe that would be a good time. I, I'm going to feel out of my element because I think all three of you have played it multiple times. I've only played it once, but um, but I think it'll be fun. I think you guys, all three of you, are such big Witcher fans that like, how can we not get all of us together and yeah. I'll just be the the child on the side. Like that one character was pretty. <laughs> That's kind of my, my contributions, but <laughs> um. But shall we get into some news? It feels like we have a lot, so we might have to might have to get through this pretty quickly. We have a lot to talk about with the Xbox. So the first first news blip uh, actually happened the day I was recording the podcast last week. The trailer for Resident Evil Welcome Home, or sorry, Welcome to Raccoon City dropped. Uh, and Paul, I know you watched it. Did you watch it, Tab? Hmm. You're not super into Resident Evil, right? No. So you're probably not, not super excited. Um, I love Resident Evil. I'm... I have mixed feelings about this upcoming movie comes out November 24th, which is right around the damn corner. Um, But Paul, you, you had some thoughts. What did you think about the trailer? Yeah, I thought it looked really cool um, in that it was making a lot of sort of direct references to the video games, particularly the early games in the series, which I, I find to be the most interesting. It also looks really different from the, previous resident evil movies that have come out particularly some of the the later ones which um it it is nice i think maybe like a return to you know something a little bit closer (laughs) to to those early games um is welcome but yeah i think it looks cool i i'm coming in very cautiously optimistic though because i i've been betrayed before (laughs) i'm the same i think there are certain parts that i couldn't help but get excited for there's the part where it's like almost an exact like frame for frame reshooting of the the famous zombie turning yeah. around the very first zombie that you encounter in the first game. It's a zombie chewing on a body, and Jill walk or whoever you're playing, Jill or Chris walks in, and you approach it, and then your character automatically starts backing up, and the zombie turns its head, and there's a little CG cut scene where you see the side of its face, and it's like ashy and white and decayed, and then it stands up and follows you, and they have that shot in the trailer, and so. On the and it, and it looks good. Like a lot of it said, like you said, it looks really good. It looks like they really they got someone who understands the aesthetic of the series, and they're trying to nail that. The only thing that worries me, or well, two things really. Number one is like I, I hope they're not leaning too much into that because the second Resident Evil movie of the original series of movies did that. They were like, oh, the first movie. The first movie was too different for some people, so let's let's have Jill in her Resident Evil Three outfit, and let's have Nemesis in a big rubber, stupid monster costume, and it was it was silly. It felt really silly, um, so that worries me a little bit. I mean, it looks like they nailed it, but I guess we'll see. And then the other thing is that there's a lot of action, and that uh, those original games, those two, the first two, which is what the maybe the the movie is based on, um, are campy in a way and like there's a lot of throwbacks to old horror movies and stuff and i don't get that sense from this trailer it feels very modern and like explosions and trucks flipping over and stuff so i'm i'm like you said i'm cautiously optimistic but i'm excited i am gonna see it so i can't i'm not gonna sit here and and lie (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think I think it'll be fun. But yeah, it does look incredibly earnest, which uh yeah, especially going back and playing those those early games or for me watching some of those earlier games. Yeah, the the writing is very goofy. I mean, if if the if this new movie doesn't have a jail sandwich reference and mm-hmm. I'd be very upset. <laughs> oh yeah. Barry better have this his famous <laughs> uh I've got this line and he just shows like a magnum or whatever. Um but yeah, so I do hope that they they have some nods to that. The second bit was just a, a brief um, announcement about Coffee Talk Episode 2, um, Hibiscus and Butterfly. So Coffee Talk is a an indie game that came out last year, I think. And it's just a small kind of visual novel-esque type thing where you make coffee. So you work in a coffee shop and you make coffee for the residents who come in and you listen to their stories and piece things together. It's It's... It's cute. It's a very cozy game. It wasn't exactly what I had hoped it would be, um, but I liked it. I thought it was was nice. Did either of you play the original Coffee Talk? I haven't gotten to it yet. I was going to play okay. it on Switch. I, that would be a good platform, and this would be a good season. It's a very much like a cozy game, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to hopefully have an episode about that about that here soon, too. Um, but yeah, that's that was announced for 2022 for PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Um, and then, Paul, you had some some... Uh, news notes here. One of them is that Riot patches out the all chat uh, in matchmaking for League of Legends games. I don't know much about League. Uh, so I was reading the article and I'm like, I'm not sure what the implication is. Can you tell us a little bit more about that one? Yeah, so it looks like through all chat, players can sort of talk to members of the opposing team. And I guess based on a lot of sort of surveys and sort of work they've done looking into it it looks like a lot of instances of sort of player aggression were coming out of those Mm. particular exchanges so now they've limited it to where you can only talk to your own team which i know from my brief experience in league does that by no means eliminates player aggression sometimes you know my own teammates (laughs) are even meaner (laughs) because my (laughs) mistakes are are impacting them negatively but uh yeah so that that's more or less my takeaway from it. I I thought about actually including this because um obviously tab this is in with within your realm of, mm-hmm. of study and I was I was wondering if you had a particular take on it. I didn't look at the article before we started recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting the the removal of an affordance to supposedly manage the problem instead of actually like doing more to like moderate the problem because it it feels to me like the people who will be like oh well if if you don't like how toxic twitch chat is don't participate and it's like but you are missing out on something when you do that right so i don't know maybe maybe taking that chat is better for now um but it doesn't solve toxicity within like the the league of legends community so right yeah, and plus you can you can still talk to the opposing team after the match. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so if you're like, oh, I want to say all these racist things or whatever, you just you got to hold on to them a little bit. You got to wait till the match is over, and then you can be it, toxic again. So gamers are dedicated. They will. Yeah, they will. They're like in a little notepad. They're like, I was going to call them a this and threaten with that. And uh, yeah, it felt like a band aid to me. But again, right. I don't I don't know enough about League of Legends, so maybe maybe I had it wrong. Another one I thought was really fascinating, speaking of Mortal Kombat, um, Kotaku posted an article about the 
uh, birth of the scorpion get over here move from the original Mortal Kombat. And it, they, there's a video, a behind the scenes video. So if, if anyone doesn't know, the original Mortal Kombat games were um, uh, basically FMV. They would record martial artists doing the moves and then transpose that into an editor. And those are real people that you're watching. They're just recorded, mm-hmm. you know, people doing moves. And so um, the get over here move, arguably the most famous move in all of Mortal Kombat and maybe, you know, one of the most of all fighting games um, where Scorpion throws out a spear and grabs the other the opponent and says, get over here and then pulls them toward him um, was just like an off the cuff thing. Like they were he, the Scorpion actor was there doing some of the moves. And then uh, I'm forgetting his name. I Ed, keep wanting to Ed say Boone. noobs. OK, Ed Boone. Right? I'm like noobs. Say bot. <laughs> um, Ed Boone is behind the camera and he's just sort of throwing out thoughts like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And he said, you know, what would be cool if you did this move where you threw out like a spear or something and like grab the other guy and, and then they start walking, like working through intricately step-by-step. Step. Well, we only have like five frames. So can you do it with less motion? Can you move your hand higher when you do it? And so on the one hand, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Cause like it walks through step-by-step step again and it just happened. On the other hand, I'm like, God, I would hate that job. I would hate being that actor and being like, do the move. Okay, now do it slightly differently. Now do it slightly differently. Now do it slightly Tedious. differently. I'm, oh yeah. That um but it was so fascinating. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, well it's one of those those moments, you know, that that is so iconic in uh gaming history. And we have the entire thing like filmed, which like that ent- <laughs> the entire germ of the idea filmed, which I thought was so neat. Yeah. Um and then the last one is is uh EA <laughs> versus fifa so um <laughs> fifa the uh company or the the I don't know, it's not a brand the um, organization the league uh has obviously they licensed their their branding out to ea to make the fifa games well according to this article from kotaku again ea pays uh or sorry fifa pays um about a half a billion dollars to ea or sorry no no no. it's it's um, have it the other way around ea pays half a billion dollars for the license to fifa okay fifa is like but you're making like billions of dollars like <laughs> just off this one game along alone so why don't you pay us a cool billion like you're paying us half a billion why don't you just yeah. give us a billion and of course ea basically is kind of doing this passive aggressive thing where now they're like throwing out this idea of like, oh, well, maybe you're going to see some soccer games that aren't FIFA anymore. Um, and pa- it's like, I, they're going to pay it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? They're, uh, what is it? Hold on. Let me open this up because the the number, like the the amount that they make. Is disgusting. Is, is Wasn't it $22 billion? I, yeah, I want to get this right. It was at least $20 billion. Um, Yeah. It says um, the FIFA series current deal with the international soccer's governing body is set to expire next year. It's been incredibly lucrative for EA, which the New York Times estimates uh, earned roughly $20 billion over the life of the franchise. Jesus. Okay, over the life of the franchise. That's so that, still, that is a lot. holy fuck. Yeah. Um, $1.2 billion from FIFA's loot box-based <laughs> Ultimate Team mode last year alone. <laughs> so just from one mode, they made $1.2 billion. That does change it slightly. I thought it was $20 billion for one year. Uh, but still, twenty billion over the life. I mean, I guess it would depend on how long this new contract is going to be. If it's a billion for one year, then 
then that's probably maybe a little steep. But but also, then I, I get to the end of the article and I'm just like, I'm just like, man, fuck capitalism. Like, right? That's what it is. It's like yeah. rich people, like, I'm not making enough money. <sighs> this is, no, it's the ultimate, like, as far as organizations or companies go, like the capitalist, like alien versus predator scenario. Yeah. Where <laughs> they're both like, EA is very much like the FIFA of video game companies. And <laughs> unfortunately, they are very much entrenched in a lot of things that I love, but like they do things like, um the, this whole controversy about like how they they use loot boxes in their games right which i love the yeah. article mentioned like one of their defenses was like well real soccer is like this horrible exploitative gambling pit so like why can't our game be the same uh yeah and yeah i don't know seeing seeing them and like one of the things they're arguing about along with obviously how much money you know people are getting paid uh, for the, uh, the the FIFA licenses, like what they're going to end up doing with it. Um, so like FIFA wants to shop around to other developers and like EA wants to like take clips and do things with like NFTs and all kinds right. of stuff. So again, it's like, to me, it's like these, these like two gigantic sort of like sinister <laughs> organizations are it, it's like, like colliding. Apple versus um, Epic, right? Like, yeah. I didn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> fuck the both of you. <laughs> yeah, and with um, with EA in particular, they in some sectors are getting better. So they're like, oh, with Battlefield or or Battlefront, we'll like we'll fix that. Don't worry. And then we're gonna we're gonna come out with this this uh, you know Star Wars Squadrons game, which is like relatively inexpensive and um there's no loot boxes don't worry and there's no like pay for pay to win or and, and that's so and with dragon age and mass effect they're like don't worry we're going to get rid of this idea for going like big multiplayer because we know that that was going to be exploitative so in a weird way they're trying to build back this like this reputation of being gamer centric or maybe consumer centric but with FIFA, that has not changed, from my understanding. Is like they're just like it's probably their biggest yeah, we money can afford. Maker, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's just insane how the numbers that that does. And so I think they're like, oh yeah, we can afford to let the poor little RPG gamers off because we're just gonna just nickel and dime these FIFA players. So they will pay to the tune of like one point. Two billion dollars. Yeah, just from that one mode. Oh my god! (laughs) And the thing is, like everything I heard from people talking about it, is they'd be like, "Oh, it's so stupid. I hate it." And I still do it. And it's like that's how that's why it's so nefarious, is because Mm -hmm. it is. It's that's why it's regulated as a form of gambling, or they're trying to get it to be regulated because it's activating that same part of your brain of like, I hate it. I know it's bad. I know I'm wasting my money. But there's a weird thrill, and I wanted, I want that thrill. Mm-hmm. I want that payoff. So, um, but let's talk about what we have been playing. Paul, would you like to go first? Sure. Smosh cross. Smosh. Oh, hold on. Let me go get him from the other room. <laughs> oh, oh, hey guys! <laughs> Big fan of the show. Hey, Shmoe. Thanks for emailing us. <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about um, what Paul's been playing. Uh, <laughs> uh no i have um i've been playing a few things we've been playing some similar things i don't know if you want me to save 
those for the end, but um, I'll start with the the um the one that I'm just playing, which is Red Dead Redemption Two, baby. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> um, I was looking for a game that I could kind of play after long days on campus to sort of relax, and um, yeah, I I had recently bought uh Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, like the ultimate version of it, on the PlayStation Store. And I was like, this this would be such a great game to come back to because the first time I played through it, there's so much going on um, that I was totally overwhelmed. And I felt like there was a ton of side content or like things in the big open world that I didn't discover or didn't fully appreciate. So how about I just, you know, for like a couple of hours before bed, just... um hit the the dusty trails with Arthur Morgan and go like, um, yeah, roam around and check things out. And it has been awesome. What a great game. I'm appreciating it way more um, the second time through because I'm, I'm picking up on all the little little things that either I, I noticed and forgot about or just missed entirely. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. That brings me so much fucking joy. Like, I... <laughs> I... There are only two games that I think are like so close to perfection, and that's one of them. Um, and I, I actually had a conversation earlier today um, with someone who was like, "Uh, oh, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five and Red Dead Two, they're 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 too big for their own good." And I was like, "Disagree, a hard disagree." <laughs> like, if you just want to set off, like Joey and I used to do this all the time, we'd be like, "Pick a direction, let's go hunting, let's set up our camp," like just existing in the world it's so perfect for that i i love it yeah and and that that's exactly what i've been doing and just um exploring new parts of the map that don't maybe have like a ton of like formal missions attached Mm -hmm. to them and camping out at night and making coffee and um plump bird meat on my little (laughs) grill it's yeah it's, it's been awesome and so many clothes i mean you guys no, I'm a, a fashionista in games, yep. and oh yeah, Red Red Dead Redemption Two feeds that habit so so profoundly. Um, I, I've been I've I've been having a great old time with it. Have you found? I don't want to spoil anything. I, I've already spoiled it for Tab a little bit, but with their permission. But um, have you found a shack in like the northern part of the map? Let me just be vague. Just like a shack. I found not, not it's not in the snowy area, but it's in like a obviously like a wooded area in the northern central part of the map. Okay, is it a is it like a spooky shack? Maybe mm-hmm. you'll um... definitely know it. I mean, well, because I okay, I found I found a lot of things um, that this could apply to. One of them was a witch's yeah, shack with a cauldron. Yeah. Yes, and I drank the. I, <laughs> Me I too. Didn't, I didn't even look it up. I should have looked it up to be Same. safe, but I didn't. I went, oh, a strange brew, and then I woke up like, you know, feet and feet away from the the shack um, after a couple of hours, and I don't really know what happened or if it's done something to me <laughs> same i loved that part because the same thing i was so excited to find it because like you do all this exploration and you find some cool ruins and stuff like that but you know coming across something like that that like is not just like set dressing and like ooh, look it looks kind of spooky but it seemed to have some kind of history to it and then like you said you can interact with it and drink 
and I was like, this is so stupid. This is, I'm, I shouldn't do this. I've been, this game is, uh, is not a kind game to the player. Like it will make you pay for your mistakes. And I'm like, I shouldn't, but I did it. And then, like you said, I woke up and I immediately was like, my, everything's gone. And I go to check my inventory and I'm like, no, everything is, everything's here. My money seems like the same, but I wonder if they did that on purpose. Cause then I'm almost paranoid. I'm almost like, Am I alive? Am I dead? Is this like red dead dead redemption? You know what I mean? Like um but I love I love that part of it. I think it's perfect for spooky season which we're in. So Yeah. Well, and um you're you, I'm so glad you said that though too, Joey, because like the game had totally set me up to think that something was wrong because not that long before then, a guy in San Denis robbed me for like $700. Like just a ridiculous shit, <laughs> and left me in a graveyard, which I know is also Halloween appropriate. But like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, surely if a witch mugged me, like what? What? What are they going to take? You know? <laughs> yeah. And and where is this witch? Like, I don't. I don't think she actually exists in the game. I don't think we can like hmm. find her. So that. That is super interesting. Um, but yeah, we have been playing a game together, which we can talk about. Actually, we've been playing. Okay, so you, so yeah, we've been playing. I think a couple of games, but let's talk about the game that I think we've all three been playing. And I think you just got yesterday, right, Paul? Far, Far Cry Six. So did you? You started playing it. Yep. Awesome. How did you? What do you think so far? I think it's awesome. Have really been enjoying it. Um, though the world is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I, I really like Danny as a protagonist so far. Um, she has like personality and fun things to say, and that that's been really enjoyable. Um, I also like they they did this is a small thing, but um, I'm I'm excited to see more of this with more PS5 games. But I like what they did with like the adaptive triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where there's like a little bit of. Um, like sort of push against um, the the left stick, and then it's like a, a clicking you know trigger on the, the right side. Um, no, I know. I think I think it's great. It also has this is another small thing, but um, I like that you can equip clothing that gives you good stats, but then <laughs> change the appearance of that clothing to an outfit that you actually want to wear instead, which <laughs> um, is also fabulous. And uh, I, but I think the the best thing about the the game is that now that we've all started playing it, um, I think we can all agree that's not in any way political. Thank God, um, no, <laughs> no political not themes or implications. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It is. I know. I the the main complaint that I've seen people say is that it's more of the same. I don't. I really hate that, that complaint. Argument. I don't know. Buy I, I don't. It then. It's <laughs> yeah. Far Cry. It's gonna be the same. The thing is, like, gamers are so fickle because they want something new, but not something too new. Because if it's too new, then they're going to be like, "Well, this isn't like the other game. You know, this isn't like the other Far Cries. I I like Far Cry. You should be selling a game to me because I like the series." Um, but if it's it's too similar, then people are like, "Oh God, you're not innovating. You're not doing anything new." And I'm like call of duty madden like some of the biggest series out there don't really innovate and i think that's fine i think um you can refine nintendo's really great at that um and just make things tighter make things prettier i i'm i would be upset if i loved far cry 4 and 5 and then played 6 and i was like why does this feel like 
a completely different game. So yeah. I don't really buy that 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 complaint too much. But but no, I'm, I like it. I just hit level four. I think level four last night. Um, I don't have any other companions yet, any other amigos. Oh, I still only have Guapo, hmm. which he might end oh. up being what I stick with anyways because he's a fucking crocodile. I love him. I'm just saying except there's, I just, there's some cuties out there. Did you see that video I posted, Tab, on Twitter? No. Probably not. You were you were out. But um, last night, so <laughs> Guapo is, is, would it be fair to call him a himbo? Because, like, he's super cute. <laughs> but, man, he's, he's he's a little dumb because, yep. like... <laughs> I was, I, there was like the, the little roadside like checkpoints or whatever they are. And those aren't too bad. There's usually only like five or six enemies mm-hmm. there. But I want to be stealthy and go in and just kind of eliminate everyone quietly. So I kind of sneak over into the tall grass behind one of the, the shacks. And there's an enemy pretty close by. So I sneak up and I, you know, machete kill them. Which, by the way, fucking graphic. Like that's, that is not yeah. gentle snapping. They're really getting that machete in there and digging it around. But um, kill them, kill the one enemy, enemy, and then put the body in the grass. I don't have to do that, I think, but I do it because I, I want to be cool. So I do that, and I'm like, all right, one down, one, you know, next one is on the other side of the shack. So I sneak at, back behind into the grass again, and there's like a fence that runs along it, and there's a a mine, there's like a tripwire, and so I see the tripwire and it marks it, and I'm like, oh, like okay, gotta, I gotta disarm that. So I start creeping toward it slowly to like look for the icon that's like disarm. And Wapo and his silly ass just walks right up, right in front of me and trips it. And there's like that split second between like when it trips and it explodes where we make eye contact. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. And it just blows up and it, it kills him. It almost kills me. And all, of course, all the enemies are like, what's that? And they're running over. I'm like, you cute little asshole. <laughs> you just can't be stealthy. You're like, I'll help. I'll disarm it. Yeah, you did. Technically, I guess. But um but yeah, Tab, you you're really far in it. What's your, what's yeah, your, you're your like thoughts? I finally hit level four, and I'm like I'm <laughs> about to hit level twelve. Um, I know. I swear, the other day you were like I'm at level five, and I was like, oh, I'm not that too far behind. And then last night you're like oh, I'm level twelve. Basically, or any I'm moment sure. I have, that's what I'm doing is I'm playing Far Cry. Um, <laughs> I'm thirty some hours into the game, which is not just not right. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. It is basically what I expected and what I wanted. I'm very nostalgic for um, Far Cry 3. That was the first Far Cry game that I played. Uh, we've talked about this before, Joey. I, I love island settings. There's just something really cool about them. Uh, and yeah. so being back on like islands. And there's a couple of nods to Far Cry 3, which I'm like, ah, that was for me. That's so cool. Um <laughs> I'm having fun. I There are some things like early on, I was a little frustrated by like the new combat system. Um, it felt like I like I shouldn't be able to walk up to an enemy and shoot them five times in the face and it do no damage. But I've gotten to the point where like, I have like my specific guns, I know when to use them. And it's I feel like the combat's evened out. Um, and I don't know if either of you have paid attention to the discourse surrounding the game, but that's like the major thing that people are complaining about. And I don't want to be like that gaming asshole who's like, we'll just get good. But part of it is like, you do have to use the system that they've implemented in order to be successful at the combat. So like, you just have to like relearn the combat system, (laughs) you know? And they, they did start that in five. Like they had classes of enemies, like, 
it, armored enemies and stuff, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, this is like a step beyond that, I feel like, though. Okay. Um, but I, you know, it, it took a couple hours to just kind of really get into it and see, like, what was expected. And I don't know, I adapted. Um, but the story is not really grabbing me quite as much as Far Cry 5, which is kind of funny to say because I don't think Far Cry 5 necessarily had the strongest story in the franchise. But um, it almost doesn't matter because I just wanted that open world playground, the whole island setting. Like like you said, Paul, it's it's a pretty game. And I know people were uh, shitting on it early on because they were like, it looks the same as all the previous ones. I think it looks decent. You know, um, I mean, yeah. it is a Ubisoft game, so it's not like cutting edge graphics, but it's not like it's ugly. <laughs> right. Well, and... Um... I feel like there are so many, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful game. And I think that there are so many like little details throughout the world that are beautiful. And certainly like on the guns themselves, like I think it, it's a weird thing to talk about because I'm not like a gun nut or anything, but they're like gorgeous. Like, um, and like, they look really good. There's one that I really want. That's like it's um it's called like a Zona fifty one or whatever, and it's kind of like the um like the blaster things from Aliens, and it has like a little bullet count on the side of like your ammo going yeah. down. And I'm like, this thing is so brilliant, and I want to find it immediately. And then I looked where it's hidden, and it's hidden in like one of the end game zones oh, all the way across the map. So I might need to talk to. To, to you guys about some strategies of, of how to get it as early as possible but <laughs> well we can co-op oh that's oh, true yeah. oh shit <laughs> that's very true yeah we should try that do you guys have a favorite weapon like what's your weapon of choice like what do you normally pull out oh, i would i don't remember the name i would have to look it up i i have uh like what type of type of weapon a, a rifle just regular assault rifle? Yeah, an assault rifle. Um, I do have one of the special um, sniper rifles. It's pretty, pretty nice. And then I'm actually looking for, I'm shopping around for a shotgun. Ooh. That would be handy to have, especially, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when the shit happens. I was going to say, like when the shit hits the fan, I yeah. want something like that. <laughs> Paul, you're pretty early. Do you, with this Far Cry or other Far Crys, do you have like a primary weapon that you like to go to? Oh yeah, so I love um, I love sniping for sure. That has been yeah. my traditional mode, um, especially in five where you could like send peaches and cheeseburger yeah. in, and then you could just like cover them from a distance. Um, that was awesome, and I did it. I never adjusted my strategy. I did that for like every camp once I could. <laughs> Had a great time. Um, I love that. I love I love the bow. It feels cool yeah. and like really satisfying when you get kills with it. Yeah, and then I I, lo- I love a I love a boomstick as well. Like I don't have a shotgun yet, but yeah, I I feel like I've found myself in so many shotgun situations that I haven't you know been able to shotgun my way out of that uh when I get one it'll be really really great. I feel like I should probably look at a list of weapons because um I don't know. For me, knowing the weapon types isn't necessarily like a spoiler. And if like there, if there's like a special shotgun, I'd rather know early so that I can have enough time to actually like use it and have fun with it. That is one of the unfortunate things when they give you the really good weapons and armor right at the end, and you're like, "I'm almost done. I have like five hours well, left and now." And there's not even an arcade anymore. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah, good point. 
well, I did find an an arcade, not the same kind of arcade, but like, yeah, it looks like that's where you're going to access the DLC essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, it's the bow. I love the bow because I started with the sniper rifle because my method in four four was the first of the new the new kinds of Far Cry that I played, the Ubisoft Far Cries, um, and. I just going into the bases was just you have to worry about alarms and everything. So I loved just getting set up at a distance, taking out the alarms right away and then sniping people silently. And then when I got the bow, I was like, it's it's if you use it right, it can be really accurate. It's incredibly deadly. You can collect your ammo back right away and it's and it doesn't damage animal hides. So it's like, oh, man. So then I became a bow person, which I never thought I would be. But when I finally got it, I just got it. I didn't. I couldn't find one right away in this one, so I'm running around with a assault rifle, which is great in a, in a pinch again. Um, but the one that I have doesn't have a very big magazine, so I'm like, I pop off like six shots, and it's like, hold on, let me reload. It's like, oh, there's people <laughs> rushing me. But um, I do look forward to getting more weapons, and I'm curious about that that alien weapon. So you have to look at that because I do that sometimes too. If I hear about uh, like in um, Skyrim. The uh oh, what is it called? That that cult, the um the demon worshiping cult. Oh, Daedrix? Is it the Daedrix? The Daedric armor? Yeah, something like that. That armor set is like super hard to get, and you have to like sacrifice someone and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I'm doing it because I want that armor like <laughs> as soon as possible. But um, and then you've also been playing Dead by Daylight with us. We just played that, right? We only played one one game, one one like session um, but we all all three of us played it with our friends amy and russell mm-hmm. and the first time we played it let's see amy and russell couldn't play because they were still downloading it yep. um so it was just us three and it was it kind was of, okay sh- yeah <laughs> it was too hard for the survivors but with four yeah. people i thought it was a lot of fun oh yeah that the first round or whatever that we did i got fucking three generators i was like i'm making it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and but i and this i think it was the second round then because the first round i was the killer and the second round i think i got two generators and i was like damn like you said like this is so much easier the first time we played i think i got one or two of the whole time we played um and so to get two in one round like you said i was like this is gonna be easy um, but I think it was pretty balanced. We had a healthy mix of like the killer winning and the survivors getting away. Yeah. We haven't had a game where like all the survivors have escaped, but. Mm, that's true. But yeah. I um, I love being the killer. I do wish my, my, my big complaint is that they don't allow you to save like loadouts. Mm-hmm. So if you switch enemies or you switch characters, it seems to get rid of all of your existing, you know, that's annoying. perks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, cause then it's not, you, you can't sort through them. You have to go through them to look for all of the, so it's like very time consuming just to set up a match unless you go in with no perks or mm-hmm. completely random perks. Cause you just pick the first six or something. But, um, but no, I did, I had a lot of fun. I love that we're playing it during spooky season. Um, Tab, what have you, what have you been playing besides just, is it just Far Cry? It's just Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I asked, and then I was like, "Why am I asking?" I, I told think you I know I'm the thirty hours in. What do you mean? <laughs> it's just um, far cry. I do want to play some spooky indies. I think um, after your visit would actually be a good time to kind of dive into uh, 
some of those, but it's hard. Like when I come home from like a full day on campus and it's like, do I watch a movie or do I play Far Cry for a couple hours? Like I've been choosing Far Cry. Yeah. I was in a habit of watching like a horror movie a night. And now, like you said, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, but if I do that, then I don't have much time for Far Cry because playing like 45 minutes of Far Cry just doesn't seem right. I feel like I got to sink at least a couple hours into it. Um, and we all just bought Back for Blood, and we're all going to play that soon, hopefully. Yeah, so excited. we'll report on that. But, it's so uh, yeah, funny. I'm, I had pre-ordered that, and I was like, oh, I pre-ordered the special edition, so I'll get it like four days early. It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it four days early when I'm playing Fuck Far Cry. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see it briefly in the, the line of games before I boot Yeah. <laughs> I downloaded it. <laughs> um. The only other game I've been playing is Super Metroid. I I talked about it last week, and I I I said something out of not out of pocket last week, but I was wrong. I talked about how frustrated I was with the wall jump mechanic, which they don't tell you that you have. They don't really like tutorialize it at all. And I got stuck. I thought I felt I was like I was stuck in this one section, and I couldn't get up because there was this this tall uh, um, shaft that I was in. And I thought I was supposed a to super, er, a tall <laughs> shaft. Um, I thought I was supposed to wall jump all the way up, but the, no, I needed the ice beam, which was hidden in one of the. It was like there was a little part of a wall that I hadn't blown up. That was the one thing. So uh, I blew that up, and I found the the ice beam, and I um, continued on. I will. I do stand behind the fact that the wall jump is incredibly hard. As is the uh, what is it called? The um, is it the spark? something i don't remember there's it's when you do a like a somersault like you're spinning and then you have you get to keep jumping uh is it spark god dang it spark something it's when you spark joy in the environment and um (laughs) and that is super (laughs) difficult too and so like there are certain things in terms of mechanics that just weren't the game doesn't tell you you get an upgrade and it's like here's your upgrade I figure it out like the game doesn't tell you but i assume that most of that's t- you know they they talk about that in the manual so besides my little quibbles with that i love the game the ending made me tear up a little bit um s- spoiler i know this is an old 30 year old game at this point and so maybe people don't care about spoilers but spoiler for the end of super metroid um there's a baby metroid that you get in the original metroid game i think or maybe the sequel to that um, and you rescue it. Well, you don't really rescue it. You destroy the planet and it like gets on your ship and st- stays with you. But it is attached to you and it seems to love you and have a bond with you. And that Metroid comes back at the end of this game. And now it's big. And the first time I encountered it, it like grabbed onto me and sucked the life out of me. But it didn't kill me. And so I was like, that's nice. And then when you're fighting the final boss, Mother Brain, um, the baby Metroid shows up and saves you because there's a move that the, that Mother Brain does that will just basically almost completely kill you, take all of your energy away. So the Metroid shows up, sucks a bunch of life out of Mother Brain, and then gives it to you, and it makes you stronger than ever. Like, now your your beams are supercharged and everything. But then Mother Brain kills the fucking baby Metroid. What is that? What the fuck? I was so ha- I was so excited. I was like, yeah, get it. Oh, Yo, my God, this is, this is my baby. That's my get him. And then she... <laughs> kills him kills kills it and it's just that that made me all misty-eyed so thanks nintendo <laughs> but it is a great game i love it um i'm ready to play metroid dread whenever i finish far cry 6 and 
play a bunch of Back for Blood, so who knows when that's going to be. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been playing along with Far Cry 6 and Dead by Daylight. So shall we talk about I, Xbox? I, Sorry. I've had one question that I've been meaning to oh, ask yeah. you to all day. All right? Sure. In your playthrough of Far Cry 6, have you run into any large cocks? <laughs> Other than my own? Um, I'm assuming you mean like the cockfighting? There's some I, big I birds. Have so. you seen them yet? I haven't. No. Have I you been attacked any... by them yet? Have you been murdered by them yet? No. no. I've been attacked by coyotes. I've been attacked by sharks. When I say I think, trauma. I think Wapo like <laughs> saved me from a barracuda, but no. And like pelicans. I fed some pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. But no giant cocks. I got. I was riding on my horse in, at night, and I was in the middle of the the, the jungle or whatever. And um, all of a sudden, I heard, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> and something started attacking my horse, and my horse was screaming. <laughs> and I was turning around like over and over again, trying to see what happened. And all of a sudden, my horse died underneath me. Aww. And I looked, and it was a little mongoose. <laughs> What? And I had to shoot it. Oh my God. That's so it was, wrong. I know. I was like, this is a cruel game. I felt like I felt like Wapo was such a badass. Like I would roll up to like enemies and be like, get him, Wapo. Like fucking crocodile, amazing. And then we ran into warthogs, and a wart one warthog took out Wapo. And I was like, you are embarrassing me. What? Are you kidding me? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Freaking warthogs are vicious, though. Apparently, I don't know if it's a warthog. It was some kind of wild pig. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're they're pretty vicious. They're they're the biggest pain in my ass at this point. Okay. Going through the the jungles, but um, but yeah. So so Xbox. So I one of the reasons I wanted to have a show with you two is because you both just got your Xbox Series Xs. I know we're all excited. It's pretty early, so it's not like we have you know. I've had mine since launch, and I've barely played it, so I'm I'm a little bit. You know, I feel also like I just got my because <laughs> I just started playing it with Microsoft Flight Simulator. But um, but I thought we could not only talk about you know our excitement for the Xbox Series X and what's coming, but also kind of revisit a little bit of Xbox history. This is not going to be comprehensive, but I wanted to sort of look back because it's interesting to me in a way that like Xbox more than any of the other big console platforms is like the brand that most of the younger people today, like our students, it's, it's, it's been within their lifetime. Sony and Nintendo started before them. So those are like super ancient to them, but like our students right now are about 18 to 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And the original Xbox, the Xbox brand is 20 years old this November. So, um, it's interesting to me that we've like, even our students, uh, have have had the Xbox around in their in their entire lifetime. So I wanted to look back briefly at that. I know Tab, you've had an Xbox One mm-hmm. and an Xbox Series X now. Paul, you've had all the Xbox platforms. Is that correct? I did not have um, the original Xbox, but I've had the Xbox 360, um, the Xbox One, and now the the Series X. Well, dang. Okay. Um, the original Xbox came out on November 15th, 2001, which is the day before my birthday. Happy birthday. That And that was the year I graduated uh, high school. So 
that's uh, not to aid myself too much. I'm like, my students were just being born and I'm, <laughs> I'm technically theoret theoretically could be starting college that year. But um, I was looking, so I went through and got like some sales data for each of the consoles and their launch lineups. And I was actually surprised with each launch lineup, how full they were. Granted, I wouldn't say they're strong, like particularly strong launch launch lineups. Um, just based on the numbers, it's not like, oh, look at all these amazing games. But there were a few. Um, the original Xbox, I think, famously had Halo Combat Evolved. That's like the big one. That, to me, is like one of the biggest launch games of all time. Like that's up there with Mario 64 because like with both of those games, it defined not only that platform, but it defined that genre for a long time. Other shooting games wanted to be Halo. It was the first, eh, well, GoldenEye and Perfect Arc, I think, flirted with the idea of being like the big shooters at the time because PCs were still where it was. Like if you were a shooter fan, you're on PC playing Quake and Counter-Strike and things like that. You're not playing, you know, first-person shooters on consoles because they weren't all, all that... Um, all that compelling, but Halo really changed the changed the game and mapped um, shooter controls on a on a console on a console controller that felt intuitive and felt natural. Um, and then and then they were they were the game to beat for years. You heard, oh, is this the next Halo killer? It wasn't really until Call of Duty that now now it's like, is this the next Call of Duty killer? But Halo was the shooter that people compared other games to they were like is this going to be the halo killer it's fall it's fallen off in the last couple of entries but it really again what a what a launch game um and then the original xbox also had project gotham racing dead or alive 3 and then a bunch of other ones that i'm not gonna i mean nascar heat 20 what i thought was interesting is this the one yeah it had nascar heat 2002 and nascar thunder 2002 <laughs> what <laughs> is this like a pokemon rather right where do you are you do you like heat or do you like thunder <laughs> and then you get them and you trade drivers you're like oh i got car eight. Oh, i got car 12 let's trade um but uh so yeah okay well so neither of you had the original so now i feel a little I thought I thought you did, Paul. So I was like, well, "Let's talk about our favorite." You know, I'll talk about I'll talk about it because I did not own the original, but um, I built many friendships out of getting into their houses and playing their Xboxes. Because, <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. Yes, I I had a PlayStation Two, which I don't regret at all because I love the PlayStation Two. So many great games on it. Um, so many formative gaming experiences there, but. The Xbox, and this might have been partially because I didn't have it as well, but it always felt like, I don't know, the, the, the more powerful, magical console where people are playing online all the time, and um, Halo was there, Knights of the freaking Old Republic was there, mm -hmm. which I still haven't had a chance to play yet, um, Jade Empire, which um, I did get a chance to, like, I played through that entirely at a friend's house, I loved that quite a bit, um, and then even games that, like, I had on the PlayStation 2, um, like Star Wars Battlefront, they looked better on the Xbox, so I would always be like, ooh, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I, have, I have a lot of fond Xbox memories, even though I didn't, didn't get to pick one up myself. 
I didn't get one for two years. I was late to the party, and part of it was I was I was such a fanboy at the time because I was a Nintendo fanboy growing up, and we've talked about fanboyism before and how it can be sort of toxic because, you know, you come from this very narrow situation where I can only afford one console, so I'm going to privilege, I'm going to like privilege that console and, you know, just shit all over every other, that was me, I'll I'll totally admit that. When I was a kid, when my friends were like, Sega Genesis, I was like, what do you got, Sonic, that's it, it sucks. Um, When he was a kid, he says. Hmm. When I was a kid, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Um, When I bullied kids about their consoles. (laughs) Which I still do. No. uh, So... I and then I got a PlayStation because then when the PlayStation came out, because I before the PlayStation came out, I was like, So what is Sony doing trying to get in the video game? Nintendo's where it's at, Nintendo 64 is gonna crush it. <laughs> and then PlayStation came out and they were like, Yeah, we got Final Fantasy 7, we got Resident Evil. I was like, Oh man. So I, I got it. But I love I mean, there were experiences on there that you couldn't have on the N64, Metal Gear Solid and and things like that, all the Final Fantasy games which that broke a lot of my fanboyism, but not all of it because then when Microsoft was like, we're also going to make a console. I remember I was very active on like online message boards at the time. I remember fucking ripping into them. Me and my <laughs> friends were just making fun. Cause it was like it, part of the problem we, as we saw it was that, and this ended up being a really interesting choice was that Microsoft was this big PC developer and number one, they were the biggest company in the world at that time. So you have to think, Apple was not Apple yet. So the iPod and the iPhone and all that stuff hadn't come out and saved that company. They had a small share of the home PC market, and that was it. They were not the Apple that we know today. Amazon wasn't around yet. Google wasn't around yet. So like these companies weren't either. They were in kind of in, like I think Google was around, but it wasn't like the the company that we know today by far. And so Microsoft was like the biggest company in the world. And so it felt like they were sort of throwing their weight around and they were going to make this video game console that was not really a video game console. It was a gaming PC. They were like, we're just going to take off the shelf gaming components and put it into a box and sell it to you. And so me and my friends were all were very wary of that. And we were like, God, they're just going to come in and throw all their money around, which they did. Um, But they they got the games and that made me ended up you know again i used to make fun of it so in the in the um, notes document i have here an early um work of art by a young joey crundwell so there's a picture that i made of bill gates presenting on one of the earliest uh xbox presentations i don't think this was the original gdc um presentation but it was when they they uh, announced or, or revealed the actual design of the Xbox because I also below that have um, and I'll I'll probably if I can upload these in the show notes which I don't know if I can um, but there's a I have the original design which was this massive X <laughs> so <laughs> listeners if you've never seen it just Google original Xbox design or original Xbox prototype and it was this massive X like a literal the letter X the shape X. Um, and that was the console. And so we used to make fun of them for that because we're like, what the hell? Who's going to buy a giant <laughs> X? Where are you going to put that in your living room? It's massive. Um, and the story behind that's interesting. The, the developers, when they were testing it, apparently there was like 12 or 13 of these made and they were like hardcore. This was like brushed aluminum for the case. They were like throwing it downstairs, like rolling it, trying to see if it like, if anything broke. 
But um, the picture above that is of Bill Gates uh, revealing the new, the, what would actually be the, the actual Xbox design. And I photoshopped in my rudimentary <laughs> teenage Photoshop skills uh, a little text bubble above him saying, please stop laughing. I'm serious. And to me and my friends at the time, that was hilarious because like, we're like, what a joke. You know what I mean? Like who's taking, because a lot of people weren't taking Microsoft seriously. And I think that's reflected in the sales numbers. I mean, it's a little unfair to compare because the PS2 just absolutely demolished that generation and every other generation. That generation, the PlayStation 2 sold about 155 million units. It's still the best-selling console of all time. Um, Xbox only sold 24 million, so like a fraction of that. Uh, and the Nintendo GameCube only sold about 21 million. So Xbox and, and Nintendo handily lost that that one but one point that i wanted to wanted to bring up in the wikipedia article that i was, thought was interesting is it says the original device was the first video game console offered by an american company after the atari jaguar stopped sales in 1996 and i'm like that's so weird to me that there's only a five-year gap hmm. between the atari jaguar atari is like such an old brand you know we think of atari as like the 1970s um, there's only a five-year gap between the Jaguar and the original Xbox. I thought that was just, but um, but to go back to my naive toxicity, I I was so like against it. And then just as with the PlayStation, they were like, oh, we have this this Star Wars game where, you know, because of course the prequels are just spinning up at the time too. So I was getting back into Star Wars and I was so excited. And they were like, here's the Star Wars RPG where you get to make your own Jedi and like you get to name them yourself. And there's a light side and a dark side and things that you do at that time, that was brand new. Like a morality system was not something like now we're used to it. But at that time it was so groundbreaking. I was like, I can't fucking not have this game. I have to have this game. And so uh, I got it for Christmas in 2003. So two years after it came out, um, but another point is uh, when Microsoft bought Rare Studios for $375 million in 2002, that was a big deal at the time because Nintendo had a 49% stake in that company. They were a second-party Nintendo console, famous for making a bunch of Nintendo games. Um, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, but they go back further than that. Like, Battletoads was was Rare. Um and then suddenly they sell to Microsoft. And again, so at the time it was very easy to be like, see, I knew it. Microsoft's just going to come in and throw a bunch of money around. Um, but they did a lot with that first console, whether it was a failure or not. It reminds me a little bit of the Dreamcast because they did stuff that ended up being important, but just they didn't have the audience for it at the time. They started the Xbox Live service in 2002, which, had, uh, which required broadband internet. Because you could do like dial-up internet on the Dreamcast and some other consoles, but they required broadband internet. Uh, it came with a headset and a microphone, which is obviously ubiquitous today. Um, and then it had this idea of a unified profile. So you don't, you know, jump into this game and have a profile for that game or this game. You have your Xbox profile, and then that's the same across all games. And again, Xbox Live didn't really take off on that first console, but man, with the 360, it really hit. Um, and then KOTOR again. So, so I, Paul, you've played some of these games at your friend's house. Like, did you have 
standout games? Like, what were the favorite games that you would play with your friends? Yeah, I mean, Halo 2 especially was was massively popular. Um, I loved watching my friends play um, things like like Oddworld, Stranger's Wrath was, was very popular. I loved that game. Um, I think that game's so cool. Uh, things like Psychonauts. Um, some of some of the other ones I've already mentioned, like like Knights of the Old Republic, I I, I still like. I'm so excited that they're re, they're remaking it because I feel like I I missed I I missed like a series that I would probably absolutely love um, by not getting to actually play those those two games myself. Um, Jade Empire I mentioned. I'm trying to think if there are any other um, exclusives that I was really really obsessed with um are you a buffy the vampire slayer fan i am and i played one i i didn't play it on the xbox but i played i think a cross-platform buffy game it might have been mm. it might have been i know i think there were like two and it might have been the sequel to the first one but chaos um, bleeds yeah yeah but i i remembered thinking it was it was really cool it's kind of like a 3d brawler right mm-hmm yeah, there were a lot of games that because of the PC architecture of the system, they would just port over or I think that would maybe had been uh, planned for like a Windows release. And then Microsoft was like, why don't you bring it to our fancy new console? And I want to say the Buffy games were, were among them. Um, but I, yeah, I loved KOTOR. KOTOR 1 and 2 again, the reason that I got the system and I didn't regret it. I'm so excited for you to play because I know you love Star Wars and you love Bioware games. And I feel like that's that's like the big that's kind of the starting point of where, you know, Bioware would go from there with Mass Effect and Dragon Age and everything. So I'm I'm excited for you to play that. I loved Conquer Live and Reloaded because I loved Conquer 64 um, or Conquer's Bad for a Day. Uh, and then Jade Empire, like you mentioned, it's one of those games where it's like I'm so sad that. We'll probably never see a Jade Empire 2 from Bioware, but um, the Fable series started on the oh, original Xbox, yes. which again, yeah, which I, I loved the sequel. I forgot the first one was on the original Xbox. I was like looking up, you know, which games I was going to put on the list. And I was like, oh, shit, damn, Fable came out on the original. So I didn't regret my purchase at all. Like, again, it was a failed system, arguably, but it did some really important things and had some games that to this day I still, I still love. Tab, so you didn't have it and you didn't have a 360 but you I, I know that you've like thought about going back and playing some of these old games are there games that you want to play through backwards compatibility fable from like the original xbox or 360 fable for sure yeah, um i think i actually i think i picked up a copy one time when we were at the gaming goat um into calb so i guess technically i can i can play that at any time um but where's that is that my copy? I thought I lent you my copy. Did you? Oh, God. I thought I lent you like... I don't know. I have it associated <laughs> loosely like, oh, with I you. I bought it. <laughs> I absolutely have a copy. As, well, as I a, do as have a, a copy. <laughs> as an alternative, in case this ends up destroying your friendship, I think the a Fable Anniversary is available on Game Pass, which is oh, okay. fun. So well, Joey, you when you come, you can take your copy back. I don't need it. <laughs> well, I, I think I've said before, like, I, I, I wanted you to keep it because I want, you know, whenever you yeah, have time, yeah. I'd love you to play it because I don't know if 
you'll like it, but like there's certain things like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Do you remember, Paul, if, if you get the dog in the first one? I think so. Or is yeah. that in two? You get a dog, like a like a German is it no, it's not a German shepherd, it's like a golden retriever, right? Aw. And like follows you. It's one of the best dogs in games. Well, and oh, what shit. I I loved it. One, the look of it, it's unlike mm-hmm. any other fantasy series. Um or so many other fantasy series I played, and that leans into like kind of like the more fairy tale yeah. look, um, which is a different style. I love that um your your sort of decisions actually changed your appearance. Mm-hmm. So you would grow like if you were a real jerk, you'd get like demon horns and like they're yeah, like, yeah it's it's awesome. That's Let me also awesome. say as, as an aside, um, Fable made me want to like break into a Walmart and steal an Xbox when I was <laughs> little. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, this is this this game looks so amazing, and I I was I was able to play that one a bit um, at other people's houses, but. Um, not as much as I needed to. So yeah, I think playing it out of context is probably useful for that one too. Because when it came out, that one it was one of those games that famously didn't live up to the hype. Like Peter Molyneux said, all these things like you're going to be able to plant a tree because the passage of time happens in in the game. Like you start out as a little kid adventurer, and then you get older as the game goes on, and it's all very mostly seamless. It's not like it's like seven years later, ten years later, like that kind of thing. You just as the game goes on, as the days pass, you just get older little by little. Um, and, but one of the original concepts was like, you plant a tree in the beginning of the game and you see the tree grow and it gets <laughs> bigger. And and that stuff didn't really end up happening. But it, it's still very cool and very charming. Like you said, Paul, I love that it has that like fairy tale kind of aesthetic and the music is very charming. It has wow. a very British sense of humor because it's coming from a British studio. Don't say anymore. Um, Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll stop. But to answer but, uh... your question, um, actually, mo- many of the games that like I would have wanted to play at the time if I had an Xbox, I've already played anyway because I played them on PC. So like yeah. Halo was my first shooter that I ever played. Absolutely loved it. Um, Knights of the Old Republic, one of my first RPGs. Absolutely love both of them. Very excited for what's what's coming with that franchise. Um, so yeah, yeah. Most of the things that I, I think would have grabbed me, I eventually played anyway. And that's so interesting to me because you, so you didn't have an original Xbox, but you played those games mm-hmm. because from the beginning, Microsoft has always tried to use. I don't know what they're doing exactly. They're they're using. They're not necessarily using Windows. Mm-hmm. to get people to play Xbox or Xbox to get people to play Windows, but they always have been very conscious of either getting games that run very well on PC architecture to be cross-platformed or just yep. starting it on one. Like Knights of the Old Republic was actually launched exclusively on the Xbox, and then six months later it mm-hmm. came to PC. Um, and I feel like that kind of continues today. Like with Game Pass, you get it for PC and for Windows. So you can, or sorry, for Windows and for Xbox, <laughs> so you can play games on both platforms so it's it's really interesting that they've held that relationship i still have the box piece the box set for knights of the old republic with the discs and everything that's got to be gigantic it's it's I, it's, it's a chonker <laughs> sometimes i try to tell my students about how big the game the pc game boxes were back in the day mm-hmm. i'm like and you don't understand you think this is amazing look, look at this this is cool and then you open it and it's like a little cd case <laughs> that's like it maybe what? a booklet a giant booklet yeah <laughs> ah so disappointing um the xbox 360 though which came out three years later four years later sorry 
in November of 20, uh, I was going to say 2005, 2005, 2005, 2005, was the Microsoft's most successful Xbox uh, system to date. Um, And at the time, so I was all in on the Xbox by then. Like the first Xbox, I was like, stupid Microsoft. But the Xbox 360 came out, it was cheaper than the PS3, it came out before the PS3, and Microsoft was pouring a ton of money into getting exclusive games for it. And so I was super excited. I ended up getting it before the PS3. Um, and the launch lineup, again, pretty full, had some pretty notable stuff, cameo elements of power, Perfect Dark Zero, which seemed like a big deal at the time because it was rare. Microsoft got the Perfect Dark. People loved nostalgia, all that stuff, and then it turned out to be not a great game. Um, but Peter, I love, I love this title, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. <laughs> I feel like companies have learned. That sounds like this is bad. That sounds like the title of a student essay. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's um, functional, but there's that much like, there's that much creativity. I, I, I think it also speaks to just like corporate interference or corporate like politics because the company was like well we have to have peter jackson's name in there because the branding right um and and he's so famous at this point so like we have to have that in there and then we don't want there to be any confusion about what this is this is not some knockoff it's the official game but just so they know it's not the movie it's the official game of the movie it's like how many lawyers did it take to come up with this title because um, and we don't see that anymore. Now yeah. we just see they would have just called it King Kong and they would have just been like, people are savvy. They'll figure it out. Um, but it also had Need for Speed Most Wanted, Amped 3, Call of Duty 2, which again, that Call of Duty wasn't what it, what it is now then, Gun, Quake 4, a bunch of games. Um, so a pretty, pretty healthy launch lineup. And again, they actually almost won this console generation. At the time, it felt like they did because they were ahead all the way up to the end. And... Where Sony won was other territories. So in the end, the Xbox 360 sold 84 million units. The PS3 sold 87.4 million. And the Wii actually won with 101 million. Um, so that's a weird... That, that was a surprise to everyone. But um, And based on the Wii's success, Microsoft came out with the Kinect, which was their own version of motion control. But instead of having a controller you had a camera that you would put up on your TV and your body was the controller. That's how they pitched it. it was like, you know, it can read where you're, where you're moving. If you want to play a dancing game, it can see your motions and you can do the dance. Um, and I didn't, did, did you guys, so Paul, you had a 360. Did you have them? Did you have a connect? No, I, um, I played one. I, I'd been to a few parties. Like it seemed like there were a couple of years, but it's like much like rock band or guitar hero. Like when you get together, you'd play like connect and i i played a little bit out there and those experiences made me kind of not want to own my own <laughs> <laughs> it just always seemed so expensive and there weren't any games that i was like it right. sounded cool like i remember like people doing experiments with them and talking about how amazing the technology was and then i'm like yeah but i want games like i want a game that right. like does something interesting with it well, there's um, also so I, yeah. it was also wildly inconsistent across different games. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, that sounds like the PSVR. Yeah. The PSVR <laughs> is like 
you can play one game and you're like, this technology is amazing. And the next game you're like, VR sucks. <laughs> why am I, why did I buy this? Um, but, but the connect would, will come into play when we talk about the Xbox one. Um, but Microsoft also was really making a big push at this time to be successful in Japan. They knew going from the start that Japan is a very, um, country loyal in terms of consumerism. They buy like, you know, things that are Japanese made, that's what they trust, that's what they know. And so, you know, Sony was big. Sony's a Japanese company. Nintendo was still big. Sega was still huge overseas, even when they stopped making the Dreamcast because they were still into arcades. But when it came to Microsoft, this American company, there wasn't a lot of trust. There wasn't a lot of good faith. And so it was, they knew they had a hard time going. So they spent a ton of money getting like Japanese exclusives like Jet Set Radio Future, Ninja Gaiden, these were on the original Xbox, but like the Dead or Alive games, Panzer Dragon, Orta, Steel Battalion, Blue Dragon, Blue Dragon was like a big deal on the Xbox 360 because it came from, quote unquote, the team that brought you Chrono Trigger. And so I was like, my favorite game of all time, the developers who made that make this like RPG. And that thing was massive. I should go get the the physical copy. It's like four discs. (laughs) It was huge. And it wasn't a great game. Oh, it was no. very, oh, no. um, yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it was, it was, and that's where I started becoming suspicious because they were quick to throw around from the makers of Chrono Trigger on like several things. Um, but yeah, they got Ace Combat 6, they got Ridge Racer, 99 Nights, Final Fantasy 13. They had some exclusive deals there. So like they were making this, this huge push. It didn't really work. The 360 still didn't really take hold in, Japan, but for me, who loves Japanese games, the Xbox 360 was my primary console because now I have all these great, you know, first party Microsoft games, these shooters, uh, Gears of War, Halo, you know, Halo 3 was amazing, things like that. And also, I get all of these cool Japanese games too. So, um, Paul, what were some of your memories of the 360 and some of your favorite games? Oh, I have so many memories and favorite games. The Xbox 360 rules to this day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still have my um, 360, which um, has the uh, the custom Assassin's Creed 1 faceplate and uh, like the sticking. like uh, I, f- I forget what it was called, but like um, the like sticky cover that went over the the sides of it um that has Altair looking all angsty and ready to <laughs> stab some templars on it um no i i um played my very first experience with it i was at my friend david's house and he got one because he was the friend with like the really really rich parents who were like <laughs> yes <laughs> right away <laughs> <laughs> um and we played peter jackson's uh what is it um let's see <laughs> peter jackson's king kong the official game of the movie um the sequel.com yeah <laughs> we uh we uh yeah we played that uh all night uh i i talked to you a bit about this um before we started the show but it was amazing i was like this is the future look at the hair like you can pick up dinosaur bones and use them as weapons. You can light large sections of grassy areas on fire and fight dinosaurs. This is, this is the greatest game ever. And we played it so intensely. 
um, that the Xbox 360 like burnt out, like it actually like shut down. Oh, <laughs> I don't know because did we didn't. You... I don't know what we did, but it was evidently it was so intense. <laughs> you got the Red Ring of Death? Is that no? That it, it it didn't. I got that later on my own, um, and I tried the. I had to do like the towel thing to get it to work for like a few precious hours more, and then eventually <laughs> I descended in. It was a whole thing, but um, no, ours it um it was so weird. It just got really really hot. And then it just turned off, like, and then we we powered it up and That's and it was good. fine. But yeah, I I was glad it was not my Xbox because I was concerned. <laughs> but yeah, I I played that, loved it. Then I kept encountering it at stores because um, it felt like every store from like Kmart to like Target to Walmart or whatever had that demo of Call of Duty Two. Um, available and I would play it there and like the controller like they were actual like triggers and I was like oh this is amazing and it looks so beautiful um, and then eventually I got one and um, one of the first games I played on it was the first Assassin's Creed and I was like oh my gosh like I love I'm a, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan and it was the first entry in the series that I played and like um the uh like yeah the the look of it um especially coming from a PlayStation two to suddenly like seeing that was was incredible and I was like running across planks and Damascus and it was just oh it was so cool and then like something like Gears of War which I was thinking at the time too I'm like what game looks better than Gears of War this like Unreal Engine is just ridiculous um and yeah I I I have so many um fond memories with the the three sixty but uh. Yeah, that was my my first sort of foray in. Yeah, they and that was the the switch over to HD because they had um you could get up to I think 720p on the previous generation, but with the Xbox 360, they made such a big deal about you can hook it up on HDMI and get up to 1080p, Ooh. which at the time was like just amazing. Yeah, um, and that made me get a bigger TV. I was like, oh my god, these games are going to look amazing on this giant. I think it was a 50 inch or 52 inch or something. And it was like, and it was, I, I was, I, I, at the time I was, I always, I thought back to that childhood of playing like Nintendo games on like a little 12 inch or 14 inch TV. And like, I was like, if I could see me now playing on this massive screen with these, just these beautiful graphics from even some of the launch games, like you said, King Kong or King Kong. Well, yeah, sorry. I'm Peter Jackson. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was actually two launch games and one of them was just called King Kong? And it was like stop motion animation, black and white, really terrible. That would be kind of cool, actually. But, um, but yeah, and it felt it felt so new and so high tech because the PS3 hadn't come out yet. And that was, yeah. I think, an excellent move on the Xbox on Microsoft's part of like getting it out there first and having it be cheaper. Famously, Sony came out and said, Six hundred dollars for the PS3. Um, people will get a second job for it. <laughs> Everyone just ripped them a new a new asshole for that, rightfully so, because granted, it doesn't seem like that big of a difference. The Xbox 360 was five hundred, so it's like wow, big deal, you know, a hundred dollar difference. But when you don't have the same game, like by the time that the PS3 came out, the Xbox 360 had a library. They had a pretty healthy, and they had the um xbox 360 elite which is what i got um because i also didn't get an xbox 360 at launch i was a little wary of it um because the xbox the first xbox was again not the most successful console um but 
pretty quickly. And the game that actually got me to to want to get it is Oblivion, oh, because yeah. I played. Yeah, I played um, Morrowind on my original Xbox and was like disappointed because it was so confusing. I'd never played a game like that before. I'm like, I walk into a store and I'm like, I could pick up everything. That's so amazing. I could pick up this fork and someone's like, you thief, <laughs> stabbing me. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you get to, I have all this freedom, but I can't use it. I was so confused. Um, but everything I had seen about Oblivion was just, you know, the the thrill of leaving that that like dungeon and having this big open world and having it look so beautiful. I was like, how can I not fucking get that? So mm-hmm. Oblivion made me really want a 360. So I got the Elite. Um, I also got a Red Ring of Death. Um, so that was that was fun. But Microsoft handled it. You know, I sent it in. They paid for the shipping. Uh, they sent me a box, if I remember correctly, to like pack it up. No, 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 they didn't. They were like, just pack it up using stuff. But either way, it worked out. And I, you know, never had. I still have that original one. You know which one I wanted? The R2-D2 one. <laughs> what? Do you remember? Oh, no, sorry. R2-D2 one? Yeah, they had a special Star Wars edition one where it had like it wasn't I don't think it was just a faceplate. I think the whole machine looked oh, like R2D2 and when oh you press the eject God. button, it would do the and then it would open the di- yeah. Um and I want to say the controller was actually shiny. It was supposed to be like a C3PO controller. Uh you should check it out. I think it might still be on sale. I for a longest time I was like I I should just buy it for when my 360 dies, but um but yeah, I loved the 360. Uh, some of my favorite games were, of course, Mass Effect Trilogy, oh, yeah. Civilization Revolution. I still play that to this day. Halo 3 was amazing. Fable 2. Fallout 3, that was where I got, I, I got into the Fallout series. Um, I loved the Gears of War games. I haven't finished them, but I played the first two um, front to back. Uh, Dragon Age, of course, started there. I loved that. This is also where like the the dawn of the indie game on console started. Because you had Castle Crashers, you had Pac-Man Championship Edition. Um, I loved those games. I loved the Tomb Raider relaunch. They had, uh, I think, a, a limited exclusivity for Xbox there, too. Rock Band. Just so many. Yeah, I have such fun memories with um, with my 360. Uh, Tab, what about... So you, you mentioned a couple of the games you played for the original Xbox. What about for the 360? Any on PC or anything? Um, yeah, same story. Uh, didn't have an Xbox 360 the the games that launched for that that were of interest i was able to play on pc i mean you mentioned oblivion that's like a game that's very near and dear to my heart i've played the shit out of that on pc (laughs) (laughs) um but really my first console that i bought brand new was the ps3 and that was near the end of the ps3's life cycle um so once we get to the Xbox One, I'll have more to say. <laughs> Which is weird because I feel like we'll also have less to say. Because yeah. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah, I have things. We, I think we all had that console, but I, I, I'm going to just take a wild guess and say that it wasn't our primary console. Nope. Um, before we get there, one last thing yeah. that I want to share is like you can see it in the um, the notes document, so our, our listeners can't see it. But I invite you listeners to <laughs> look up Xbox uh, product placement because one of my memories from the 360 era, again to to tie into this idea that Microsoft threw a bunch of money around, was like product placement 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put just some examples here. The Island from 2005, Grandma's Boy from 2006, Live Free or Die Hard from 2007, Transformers from 2007, uh, Four Christmases from 2008, Breaking Bad from 2009. These all, and these are just like tip of the iceberg, but all examples of Microsoft paying money to have the Xbox prominently featured oh, yeah. in like a scene. Um, and they had deals with like Doritos and Taco Bell and Mountain Dew. And the other thing before we move on, I just want to say that I feel like it reminds me, the, the reason I think this product placement is in part important is because it makes me realize that this was the start of gamer culture, like the early 2000s. Of course, gamer culture existed in the 90s and the 80s and everything, but in the early 2000s is when like social media was taking off and like people were connecting more, a lot more people had broadband internet and were connecting on the internet. And so I think gamers from around the world, across the country, whatever, were car- starting to come together and compare notes and say, well, what do you, well, what's your favorite this or what's your favorite that or what do you do? And like the idea of a unified gamer culture started in the early 2000s, I would argue. And so Microsoft doing their research and saying, we're going to do partnerships with like Mountain Dew and Doritos. Those became like jokes of like, they oh, gamers. Stereotype. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they were like buying into it too. So like, I think, um, you know, again, like it just shows again, not done, not just that Microsoft threw a lot of money out there, which they did successfully. So probably, um, but that I think it also reminds us that Microsoft with their big push for Xbox live, which became yeah. a big thing with the 360, um, we're kind of at the forefront of like being there with like gamer culture and stuff. Um, well, having me- said that, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Let me just say quickly too, because this will become important in thinking about the Xbox One. The Xbox 360 exclusives were incredibly strong as well. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of, like Mass Effect we mentioned was originally exclusive to the Xbox 360, which is huge. Bioshock, you know, one of the greatest games of all time, yeah. an exclusive, one of my favorites, um, probably my favorite horror game ever. Um, like that was, that was exclusively on the Xbox 360. And, um, there are probably like a a ton of other examples that I'm not thinking of, but it was something that they did pretty, like they were doing like, I think pretty well with the original Xbox, but I felt like they had stepped up their game even more for the 360, which, um, I just think is so important. And also something that I think we can talk about this of the series X and like Bethesda, but I think it's, it's a model they're, they're moving back to, um, which I'm, I'm pleased to see. Absolutely. And I think one of the things too, is even the games that weren't necessarily exclusive, like oblivion ended up coming to the PS3, eventually Skyrim, um, Bioshock. A lot of these games ended up coming to, I don't remember if Bioshock did it probably it did, did but eventually. Like, but the thing is, they looked better on the 360, which seems backwards because the PS3 was a more powerful mm-hmm. console, but the cell processor was so hard to develop for that a lot of companies would make their game for the easier to develop for console that uses, again, a lot of off-the-shelf PC parts. Um, not not nearly as much as the, as the original Xbox, but it was easier to develop for, so they could squeeze more out of it. They could get more performance out of it. And PlayStation learned its lesson. So with the PS4, they went back and they said, okay... We're not going to use proprietary processing and all that stuff. And, you know, we're going to make it easier. That became such a huge focus. Same thing with the PS5. Um, Yeah, I think that... Of course, now we have a different problem with the chip shortage. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not proprietary. It's just <laughs> yeah. impossible to find. Yeah, you, using any parts that go into smartphones is yeah. proving to be <laughs> a problem at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move to Xbox One. Yeah. Which maybe we won't uh, <laughs> be talking about it so long. Um, so we do all have one. Yes. Right? Yes. Shamefully. Uh, shamefully. None of Did any of us? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's one of the few systems I'm a collector, so I want to have all the systems and availability. I want to have all games, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but that one, I'm like, man, did I not? It's like the Wii U. Like I was like, I got it with such high hopes, and there are a few games that I played a lot of, and then just it's just mostly collected dust, yeah. unfortunately. Um, did anyone? Did any any of us get it at launch? No, I didn't. I think I was. I think I got it when Tomb. The Tomb Raider sequel was coming out, whatever that was. Um, but at launch, it had again a fair amount of uh, games. Rise, Rise, Son of Rome mm-hmm. was probably the big one that everyone talked about. Dead Rising Three, that was a big deal. It's a Capcom game again. It shows that they're trying to get these Japanese developers involved, and they got exclusivity for the Dead Rising series at that time. Um, and then Forza Motorsport Sport Five. Um, but a lot of the games with the Xbox One and the PS4. As we see now with this generation, we're actually of the last generation. So you could get Assassin's Creed Black Flag on your Xbox 360 and your Xbox One on your PS3 and your PS4. So it was the start of, yes, we have a healthy launch lineup. It just so happens that you can also play most of them on your old. And so people complain about now this generation. And I'm like, it happened last generation, too. I I bought Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag for my PS4. And I was like both excited, but also like, damn, this doesn't feel like a real PS4 game, you know? Um, but the Xbox One, lo- <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't have as much to say about it uh, because I, I think the launch was flubbed so hard. Yes. So that was a big problem. And I think that really defined, and Microsoft, I think, sort of kind of gave up at a certain point and focused on the Series X. It did end up selling 51 million units worldwide, which is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. The Wii U only sold 13.5 million, so they have that. They sold <laughs> a lot more than that. The PS4 sold 116 million, so um, more than doubled the numbers. But before it came out, it's almost like these companies went backwards. So it's like whatever the dominant company is gets very like confident yeah. in their install base, and so they're like want to come out and make these big claims and be like. Psh, we know people are going to buy. And and Microsoft did not learn from Sony's mistake uh, with the PS3. So they did the same thing. They were like, you know, number one, when they showed the... I, I don't remember if this was the first presentation, but they showed the Xbox One. And they spent a long time in the opening of this presentation talking about the multi multimedia functions. Yeah. They were like, you can watch TV and download these apps and watch movies. And people were like, but I'm, I'm buying this to play games. Like, where are the games? Um, and also, they had... DRM. Hmm. So you only had like I want to say it was like six licenses or something. So like you buy a game and you can install it on your machine and you can install it I think on like other machines with your same profile or something like that, but you couldn't like loan it to a friend because it had DRM on it. And so you would have to like give up your license yeah. in order to loan it to your friend or give it to your friend. Um and what what's worse is that your system, the Xbox One, had to always be online because every 24 hours it would connect to the internet to check to make sure that you had the active license. And if it couldn't connect, 
you were locked out of your games. So if you bought this brand new shiny new Halo game and you're like, I'm so excited and you installed it, the system's like, yeah, sure, this is great. If you were like, I'm going to play offline or disconnect and it did a check and it was like, oh, can't verify your license, can't play that game. And people were like, what? <laughs> also, it came packaged with the Connect. You had to buy yeah. it with the Connect. So it was more expensive than the PS4. Like $100 which again, more expensive. Like it was a right. lot of money. Yeah, and you had to, it had to be connected to the Connect. You had to have the Connect connected, and they 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 were like, "Oh, don't worry, you can turn it off. We're not spying on you." But it's like, it's it, it, regardless. Again, you're you're making Sony's mistake. You're like, we have the more successful platform. People are gonna buy it. We have all the games, so we can charge a hundred dollars more for a, a a peripheral that most people don't care for. Most people don't like. Like, what a nightmare of a launch. Yeah, well, and um, do you remember, I think it was that E3 where and they gave that really disastrous presentation where Sony made like that great trolling video of this is how you share games on the yeah. PS4 and he just takes picks up the game and hands it to another person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sony has a history of being very trolly with their presentation. The very first E3 presentation, uh, the Sega Saturn had just been announced and that was like cutting edge technology. Sega was still pretty big at the time and they were like our new cd-rom system and it's uh i want to say it was four hundred dollars was it i think it was four hundred dollars 3.99 and sony gave i i think i have to verify this but i think it was their first e3 presentation and they were announcing the playstation and literally the president walks up to the podium and he just says 2.99 and he walks away and that's it that was the whole presentation and like people were like oh shit like so there's another competing cd-rom system and it's a hundred dollars cheaper and it's like i i don't think that can be understated i think a lot of people are like well the people who end up winning the different console wars are the people with the games and everything but like it's also there seems to be a correlation between the the consoles that are willing to launch at a hundred dollar you know nintendo's found great success with these cheaper systems you know so um but yeah the xbox one launched it was uh it was it was competitively priced with the ps4 no no no, no it was a uh, hundred dollars more because yeah. of the connect they did come out with a skew later without the connect um which is the one that i got but um but yeah so let's you know let's shift to the positive so <laughs> <laughs> this was the generation where microsoft bought mojang so minecraft for 2.5 billion dollars mm-hmm. um what a fucking steal they have not come out with minecraft 2 they gave up on the the Minecraft. Um, what was it? It wasn't the VR. It was the uh, AR, mm-hmm. the, the the Minecraft AR game, which looked fucking cool. I thought when they showed it at E three, um, but they gave up on that. But uh, it's made billions and billions of dollars for Microsoft since then. Um, but let's talk about some of our favorite favorite games again. I know the list isn't very long, but. <laughs> Um, my my Xbox One S was mostly a paperweight, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we we played uh, State of Decay. We played mm-hmm. a fair. We actually played a fair bit of that. Um, yeah, that's also isn't that's the same system we played Sea of Thieves, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. we got some good multiplayer time in. Um, I had high hopes for uh, is it Forza Horizon Four? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, it just so. turns out that it's 
I, I find it difficult to drive well in that game. <laughs> but it's beautiful. And like the, the upcoming one also looks visually stunning. Um, but I would say State of Decay and Sea of Thieves were probably my top two games for that. Uh, they both had their issues, of course, but that's mostly what I played on the Xbox. And that's basically it. You did get a really pretty one, though. Didn't you get the white? I got custom... the white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arctic White or yeah. something like that. It was very pretty. Mm-hmm. This was also the era where uh, Microsoft started doing their design lab where you can get like a custom controller mm-hmm. for, it's either the same price or only like $10 more, but you can customize the color, the colors of the sticks, the buttons, yeah. everything. I didn't do it for that one, but I did for the 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 new one. Yeah, I got a pink one. I unfortunately just haven't touched it, but I do like that you can connect with your PC. So mm-hmm. again, going back to that like crossover of PC and Xbox functionality. Um, Paul, what was your experience? Do you have any favorite games of the Xbox One era? I, I did. I remember the first thing that really excited me because I'm I'm not a PC gamer, um, which I feel like I should be because I, <laughs> there's so much I would love. But whatever. I, I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I to fall just below the requirements to play that game, you know, is, is so depressing. So I, I feel like I should should dive into that world. But um, because of that, it was a big deal for me to play Skyrim, you know, in one of its 8 million re-releases on the Xbox One because there were a lot of mods that you could add um, that were unavailable um, on the PlayStation version for, mm-hmm. for any number of reasons. So, like, that was cool. I remember I, I had my eye on, like, some wood elf armor online that I knew was available on the Xbox One, and I was like, yes. <laughs> now, sadly, I, the second I got it, I played for, like, you know four hours and i was like well that's that's good that's all i wanted to do um, but then i made i made a real concerted effort because i'm like i have this xbox one i'm going to love it as much as i can um so i i made the decision to play a lot of games that were available on both platforms but i'd purposely play them on the xbox one um assassin's creed origins which i really loved with a uh, bio yeah. mm-hmm. i think is great um had a really good time there the only downside was because the player base on the Xbox was like a thousand times smaller than on the PlayStation. Um, the like the community events where we had to like mm-hmm. fight a boss like a number of times took like seven days longer than <laughs> the PlayStation one. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how are they done already? We're, we're you know, our little progress bar is just like that far along. <laughs> so um enjoyed that quite a bit. Um then I also played all I played Doom 2016 for the first time on there, and that game rocks. Big fan of that. Um, and then both of the Wolfenstein games, which I never would have thought I would get into, but I was like, I was on a Bethesda um, shooter kick, and uh, I played them and had a great time. I, I think both of those games are great. They're great, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I love those games. Yeah, yeah, the story story is amazing, and. Um, yeah, it's it's so much more like the characters are so much more rich and likable than I I thought they would be going into it. But yeah, had it had a great time with those. Um, strongly remember if I played a bunch of other plays. Oh, I played the Stick of Truth on my <laughs> Xbox. That was that was fun. I love that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's those, hilarious. Those, those two more recent, yeah, South Park games are great. Yeah, um, yeah, mine are are mostly the same. Like State of Decay two. I but the thing is I I hate played that game like I got so hooked on it 
But I was so angry and kind of the same way with Sea of Thieves, but for a different problem of like these Xbox games. I think what was so disappointing to me was that they weren't the kind of like big, impressive games that you get on Sony, which not to make this, you know, a a Sony versus Microsoft thing. But um, when Microsoft's coming out and trying to be like, we compete and, you know, we also have this great lineup, but then they're putting out games that are seemingly sort of unfinished or not whole um, State of Decay 2, people talk about Cyberpunk being buggy. <laughs> Play State of Decay 2 at launch. It was the so messiest. <laughs> I was so fucking mad, but I couldn't get out of the gameplay loop. I was so hooked on the, like making progress and like, oh, but I got to. And and so I would like run into a bug and be like, this is the worst piece. Who the fuck? How did they release this? There's no fucking way. I guess I'll just restart because I got to keep going. Like it was, I'm, I was so mad at myself, but. But I did play a ton of that. I played a ton of Sea of Thieves, same thing. I still am so mad that they haven't they don't have private servers in that because I, I would probably still be playing it today. It's not gonna Because happen. just sailing, it's not yeah, at this it's point it's just happen. after a Sea of Thieves two, maybe there will be. Eh. Um but the the sad thing is like the game that I'm most like excited to have, I haven't even played most of it, is Rare Replay, which is just revisiting old rare games <laughs> from other platforms. So so yeah, the Xbox One was a little bit of a disappointment, but let's talk about the Xbox Series X slash S, which I bought into the hype. I mean, I'm I'm back into the PlayStation ecosystem. I've had every console, but for the PlayStation 4, that was by far my preferred platform, which I think is also the case for mm-hmm. you too as well, correct? Definitely. Um, yeah. But the Xbox Series X slash X slash <laughs> slash X. X slash S, the naming convention. Yeah. Xbox 360, Xbox One, <laughs> Xbox Series Because then there was the Xbox One S and X. Uh-huh. And so now there's the Xbox Series That's S so and X. Bad. Like, what are you doing? Come on, man. Yeah, I know. PlayStation 5, um, PlayStation 4, PlayStation right. 3. <laughs> Which one is that again? Oh, it's the third one. <laughs> Real hard. Um, but the the launch titles for this, which came out last year in November, um, again, tons of games, but a lot of them were available on the Xbox One or just already out. Like they counted Fortnite as a launch game, and I'm that, like, really? come Ridiculous. on, really? Come on, shame. Like, I get shame. No Man's Sky, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm like, that's these are games that are already out. I have more hope for the Xbox Series X than I did for the Xbox One, but we have to wait a while. Right, we have to wait to see what's going to happen with Bethesda and and other developers, and we have to wait on Halo. I'm a little like I I want to be excited, but like what they've shown so far is kind of iffy. I get the sense that they had to do a lot of course correction after the Xbox One, Mm -hmm. and so like Sony was on such a strong trajectory that they had a lineup that COVID didn't. I mean, COVID affected them, of course, but they still had stuff ready to go. I don't think that Xbox, I don't think that Microsoft did. So I think that Microsoft was like, oh, yeah, everything's on track for us to make this comeback. And then COVID happened and they're like, can we like take a year for that comeback thing? They're (laughs) in like an identity crisis. And I feel like it'll be the next generation where we're going to see a major course correction. But that's just. That's just my I think we'll see it. Yeah. I think we'll see it in this generation, but I think it's well, going to be late. I think it's going to start. I, I think like they'll through. start, but I think yeah. where we'll see the major shift is at the end. Do you yeah. think that they were like, okay, we need we need to come out of the gate strong, and they're about to acquire Bethesda, and they're like, 
Todd Howard, um, you know, when we, we buy the company, you, you guys will have something ready to go, right? He's like, yeah, Starfield's yeah. almost done. And they're like, oh, okay, like, when when do you think? It's like, oh, in the next 12 years. We're, we're really yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so close. And he's like, 12 years? That's not close. And he's like, have you played one of our games? <laughs> like, it's going to take 12 years to walk across this map. Yeah, yeah it, takes a while, it takes a while to build these things. But um, there might even be NPCs that you can interact with when we're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they did have they did get uh timed exclusivity to yakuza like a dragon which mm-hmm. was a big deal because mm-hmm. again like it shows they haven't given up on like japan or japanese games right. and that's sega like that's a huge japanese company um again timed exclusivity everyone kind of knew it was going to be coming to the playstation 5 anyway but um they also had forza horizon 4 gears 5 like a you know i just said like a dragon Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Again, a lot of games that were already available on Xbox One. But part of what drew me to it, uh, and the reason that I, aside from the fact that there was kind of a frenzy for the new consoles when it came out, and I had the money, and so I'm like, well, shit, if I can get one, I guess I'm just going to do it, which I did. (laughs) But like the backwards compatibility, and that's one area where they really, I think they deserve a lot of credit because... The fact that you can play almost any game from your Xbox, Xbox 360, or Xbox One on your Series XS, that, you know, I understand yeah. part of the argument against it was that, like, gamers say they want it, but our our data shows that they don't really play it. I, I get that. I understand that. I don't do it. I like the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. If I want to play Fable, I can just pop the disc in after I get it back from Tab this weekend. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Af- after you left uh, Tab to Die in uh, Dead by Daylight, uh, I don't know. Yeah, what to... copy hey, of it? Hey, hey. <laughs> I apologized as soon as I did it, okay? I knew what I was doing. I would have died. It's okay. Excuses, excuses. I did feel bad. I did feel bad. After you left, I said, I was like, I should have gone back. Because if I would have died, who cares? But we were so, like, it was early. Okay, you know what? We don't need to go into this. I'm sorry for leaving you to die. Um, I might forgive you tomorrow. (laughs) But... But I am excited. I'm I'm excited for Halo. I think we're all getting that. Mm-hmm. I think we're all excited for that. I look forward to playing together. Um, I still haven't played Halo Five, or I think even Halo Four. So Same. I got to get back to those. But um, but I'm excited for Halo again. I wasn't, mm-hmm. even though I loved Halo Three. It's my favorite of the the first three games. For some reason, and I don't know what it was, but Halo Four just didn't sound exciting to me. And then Halo Five got a lot of bad press, and so. Um, but Halo Infinite seems to be getting a ton of good press. Um, it's coming out so soon. I'm I'm excited to get back into Gears. I know that's one of their big things. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Minecraft. Obviously, one of the things that I love, I mentioned this last week when I was doing by myself, doing the episode by myself, is that um, Microsoft tweeted out a thing about Nintendo and congratulating them on like finishing the roster for smash brothers ultimate. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff I love. Like Microsoft has been very friendly with Nintendo this generation um, to the point where there were heavy rumors that Xbox game pass was going to come out for the switch. I think those rumors have mostly kind of died down, but I I like that. I like the idea that these companies could maybe get along in a sense, you know? Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. Oh, absolutely. And um, well, with that in mind, too, uh, 
the the backwards compatibility thing on top of that being a cool feature for the xbox series x itself which i i was thrilled about you know looking at my xbox 360 games and being like am i ever going to use these again suddenly i can just you know put the witcher 2 in and it runs and it runs more beautifully than ever did on my xbox Mm -hmm. 360 like that's so cool but um it also it's sort of like a rising tide raises all boats or whatever. And it actually pushed Sony that who they were pretty lukewarm about doing any kind of backwards compatibility. And suddenly because Xbox is doing it, they made a big deal of like making all your PlayStation four games available, um, you know, to, to be played on the PS five. So that was, it was really lovely to see Xbox like doing something that positively impacted, I think um, their, their competitors that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Xbox Game Pass is something that also gets a lot of positive attention for how accessible accessible it makes a huge amount of games. Um, you did sign up for it, Paul, right? Did you, Tab? Yeah. Okay, what games have you guys tried out? Uh, Halo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so been did you do, so did you do the trial? That no, I signed up for like three months or whatever. Okay. Um, but it's it had been so long, and I was like, well fuck it let's try some halo on a console (laughs) yeah but other than that the only thing i played is um flight sim through game with game pass or Mm -hmm. did you buy that one oh wow interesting okay yeah that one like the fact that so many games like microsoft flight sim are just available at launch on game pass is just kind of mind-blowing for me i'm a collector so of course i'm gonna buy it and so part of me i'm like I'm waiting and they gave me the free trial. Like when you buy the console, they're like, here you go. I don't remember. I think it's one month or something. And they keep having these specials where it's like one month for a dollar. And part of me is like, I should just do it. I should just do it. But I'm like, I don't know what I would play. I don't have really the time to like experiment and just like go play a bunch of games. Um, But I think it's an amazing service and I'm glad that they do it. I think for a lot of people, I think of myself when I was like 16 and I was allowed to get like one game every few months or something or i have to wait until my birthday or christmas or something imagine if i just had to beg my mom to get me the subscription service and i'm like it's just what is it is it 14 dollars a month yeah yeah 14 dollars a month um two allowances or something and then i just have access to all these full games like that is incredible if i had a kid that's exactly what i would right because then they wouldn't be like begging you for can I just get this? And if they did, <laughs> get out of my face, little Jimmy. <laughs> Back into the basement. Keep, keep the lock on the door. Um, Here's your you're only allowed to play your Xbox One now. <laughs> no! Ooh, I just refilled your, your Mountain Dew bowl. <laughs> if you make me put the chains on again. Oh, no. God. It's like a dark turn. Um, Happy Halloween, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, one of the things that makes me happy, too, is that both... So if we're going to play the console war game, Nintendo is probably going to win this season, this, this, this generation again. The Wii U didn't do that well, but the Switch has done amazing. It's sold 89 million mm-hmm. units uh, globally so far. The PS5 has sold 10 million, which is very fast. But the Xbox is at 6.5, and they're still flying off the shelf. Oh, so, like... That's... You know, I, I, you know, we can, again, console war it up all, all we want, but it seems like both platforms are finding success, which makes me really happy because regardless of like Xbox One 
and how disappointing that was. Competition is really healthy. Like you said, Paul, Sony wouldn't have given a second thought. They were like, we're not making that a priority. People don't really want it. But because Microsoft had the selling point with the Xbox Series X, they were like, well, shit, that kind of worries us a little bit. So they they allowed for um, almost complete 100% backwards compatibility for PS4 games. They still haven't given us a damn PlayStation Store where we can buy PS3 games and PS2 yeah. games like the Vita had and the PS3 had. But someday, hopefully, maybe. Um but they would, I bet, if, if Microsoft was creeping up there with the numbers and people were like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to buy it because they have Xbox Game Pass and, you know, full backwards compatibility, I bet Sony would. So please, everyone, go out and buy a $500 Xbox Series X <laughs> and give Microsoft money. Um, or buy two and then right. make one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Just start distributing. Thank you, Tab. <laughs> Little market deal, you know. Yeah, that that's listeners. That's actually what happened. Tab bought two consoles. I ended up with yeah. two, and so I was like, "Well, yeah." Who wants an Xbox? And it was me. I wanted the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. It was like your birthday gift to yourself. Smush, cough. <laughs> um, Tab, you're like the Johnny what? Appleseed of Xbox Series X's. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, but it was serendipitous because again, like these consoles are still flying off the shelf. I still have people that are can't get their hands on either an Xbox or a PlayStation Five. So sometimes um, I feel just a little guilty, but yeah, well, especially the PS Five. I feel like oh, there are people that have tried and tried, and yeah. it's not even just like. Because I also have friends who are just like very casual about it. They're like, oh, I'm not seeing it at Target when I go. And it's like, but then I have, I know people that are signed up mm-hmm. for the alerts and are like in, in line on Best Buy clicking refresh, refresh, and it's just, they can't get one. So um, I know part of it's the chip shortage, but I, I think also part of it is just over the pandemic, a lot of people got back into games. And so having shiny new mm-hmm. consoles come out um, is really exciting. So uh, I know you, Paul, especially, but you also tab haven't had it that long. You said you've dabbled with stuff, Microsoft Flight Sim tab for you. Paul, what have you mm-hmm. what have you been up to on that so yeah, far? Yeah, so I gave Hades a try. Hades rocks. I want to play more, but it was also mm-hmm. it was really hard early on. So I um, yeah. I just put it away for a little bit. Back to Red Dead Redemption Two, where things move a little bit. <laughs> A little bit slower, yeah. More relaxing. Yeah. Where I can just honky tonk my way around. Uh, no, <laughs> no trouble. Me and my horse, who's named Marion, by the way. She's, oh, she's Marianne. she's my heart, and I will never beat the game now ever again because I don't want oh. to leave her. Uh, yeah, um, we talked about that on our animals episode. It, Fucking I, heartbreaking. I cried so hard. I, I'll cry Same. now if I think about yeah. it for too long. I know. <laughs> yeah. well, especially what he what okay, you know what? No, let's just and we don't yep, need yep, to yep. we don't need to cry. <laughs> yeah, because he, he holds I'll save that he, for later. He holds her as she's dying and it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> and he thanks her. Yeah, but um then also um I got Brutal Legend, which this is where I think Game Pass is great because I had never bought Brutal Legend, um, had always thought it looked cool from a distance. Um, don't really know if it's going to be my cup of tea or not, but because it's free on there, I'm like, I'll give it a try. So I have that. I'm excited right. to play it. And then Jacqueline, funnily enough, likes the feel of the Xbox controller more than the PlayStation for whatever reason. 
And so she has <laughs> Zoo Tycoon on um, Game Pass, and she's going to dive into that. So it, it's yes, I yes, love it. and I, I I knew you would have that reaction. So you and you and Jacqueline can tycoon it up. Um, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I I'm very excited. One thing I'll say, um, and this is my little soapbox. Um, I I love the Xbox Series X. It's amazing. Looks cool. Um, Xbox doing all the right things so far to sort of turn the ship around. What the fuck is up with their controllers needing batteries? Like, they must have yeah. the most lucrative deal with Duracell <laughs> um, imaginable, because I I just don't understand in the, the year of our Lord 2021, why I'm, I'm, I have a 20-pack of, you know, batteries that I'm, I'm switching out. Ugh, I don't get it. I wonder. I bought the recharging same. thing just so I wouldn't have to deal with it. And it's it. expensive. Like it's like twenty five mm-hmm. bucks, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's like twenty seven. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's an investment. Um, but I I made it too because I didn't for the Xbox three sixty, and I was so annoyed that I had to keep changing batteries, and I had to keep remembering like, well, if I don't play it for a stretch, which with the Xbox One I didn't, got to take the batteries out because I don't want them to like leak and be corrosive and everything. So. It's just it was such a hassle um, that, yeah, I, I, I also I, I invested that money as well. I do want to say about the controllers, though, with the 360, I did prefer the controllers to the PS3 controllers because the PS3, number one, the joysticks it has two joysticks and they're both to the side of the center. And then the, the shoulder buttons, you have to have your fingers all at the top. You know, if you use two, which I don't, I use one. But like you said, Paul, with the 360, having triggers in the back of the controller felt so good. And having your left uh, joystick be in line with your thumb. So like when you press forward, it's forward. It's not up. So like when the with the PS controller, your thumb is reaching over to the center. So when you're pressing forward, you're actually pressing like left with your thumb. I preferred that. But I do think that the PS4, the DualShock 4, um, course corrected a little bit. They, they have triggers yeah. and the... The grip felt more comfortable. So now I like both of them. I do still like the joystick place, uh, placement of the Xbox controller, but I the I think you can't really get around the vibration and the functionality of oh, the yeah. of the PS5 mm-hmm. controller. So oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was our love letter to Xbox. Any last last minute <laughs> any bows that anyone wants to put on top? No. You hate you hate Xbox. All right, that's a great ending. No, so we'll have much. more to say, of course, when when Halo comes out. We we need more right. games. Yeah, yeah they've Star- really been impacted by COVID. I think Starfield, though that that yeah. sounds cool. I'm excited to see more. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, November and, 2022. Well, Bethesda has that. At least I'm thinking of like with Fallout 4, they um have that. Uh, that approach of like we're not going to show anything until it's like pretty much done and then just bam like it's yeah. all gonna hit me at once so i'm hoping that'll happen and that starfield will become my new favorite rpg um yeah fingers crossed i almost wonder if microsoft was like you need to get that you need to show something because i think like you said if it was up to bethesda they would have been like all right we'll show something at e3 of 2022 and then we'll do the fallout 4 thing where it's like oh by the way it's out in november and people would have lost their minds. Microsoft's like, yes, but we just bought you and we need games. <laughs> like, we are, like are, we've been really impacted by COVID. So get out there. Give us a fucking date. We don't care if you have to change it. 
Um, but yeah, what a fucking get too. I mean, speaking of like, if we want to put a bow on it, Microsoft getting Bethesda and access to mm-hmm. all of those games, even if some of them are still going to be on other con- other platforms, which they've said that they will, still they're going to get exclusives. They're going to get timed exclusives, or um, Starfield is supposed to only be on Xbox. So, what a huge like if we're talking about looking forward to future Xbox stuff, that's that's got to be the mm-hmm. the most exciting thing. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Paul, thank you, Schmall, when you see him. Um, oh, wait, you're Schmall. When you see Paul, tell him yeah. thank oh, yeah, you for yeah. – <laughs> you never did the never did the switchback. Um, and then Tab, of course, thank you, as always. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Losperman. Tab's at Random Mox. Um, Paul, did you have any anything you want to plug? I know you're not super into social media, but anything you want to shout out? No. Thronebreaker. Um yeah, yeah. Well, as <laughs> always, um find Thronebreaker on whatever consoles you have. It's it's available across the board, even on the Switch, better on Switch. Oh. Um take it on a road trip. It's a great game. I'm gonna be playing it on the train to Illinois when we go visit um Joey and Amy and um Russell around Halloween time. So that's that's what I'll be doing. And you could do it as well. And then um if enough of you email in, um like my my like I did, um instead of my dear friend Paul, um eventually we'll we'll do a dedicated eight episode series on Thronebreaker. Well, well, and everyone that... will that... be thrilled. Especially me. Um Schmal Schmoskoff. <laughs> Biggest it's fan of the Pretty there. Pixels <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, yes, yes, uh, eight episodes. Um, but, yes, thank you. So thank you for joining us. But if you do want to write to us, like our friend, our our biggest fan, Shmol yeah. Shmoskoff. Shmoskoff. God, it's so hard to say wrong. Um, you can reach us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Xbox Sound. Yep.